0: Right off, right
1: off. Don't be scared. Mm-mm, don't be scared. And now, the BGC Sports Network presents The Shake Back, back, back. with Willie Epting Jr. Here we go, baby. Here we go, here we go, baby. They say that it is best to surround yourself with people on the same mission as yourself. And that is what I have done. Willie Epting Jr., Shakeback Sports Show, right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Man, we got a lot to get into in this show, as usual. But before we go any further, and I bring on my brothers, before we go any further in this show, the first segment, it is being brought to you by Amazon or amazing Amazon BGC Big Deals just became Amazon introducing or just became amazing introducing amazing Amazon deals with amazing savings virtually on everything. Everything mama. Just go to BGC Sports.net and click on the Amazon or the Amazing Amazon deals page and absolutely take advantage of the deals being offered by Amazon from the station that might need to change its name to amazing. We are the BGC Sports Network. Once again, Willie Upton Jr. Shakeback Sports Show. BGC Sports Network. I got my brothers on the line with me behind door number one. I have known this man for over 20 years. He is my brother from another mother. Corey Ellison. Corey, what's good, man? What's up, my brother, man?
0: Happy to be here. Blessed to see you another day.
1: Absolutely, and coming behind door number two Shoulders, shoulder pass on Helmet on Chin strap buckled None other than Mark Quest and Huff Quest, what's up,
2: bruh? What's up, what's up? Happy to be back
1: Man, I appreciate y'all being on the show once again for all you guys out there watching Facebook Live, um, this is gonna be a project that is gonna be uh, going forth to new heights with these two brothers. Shout out to uh, Michael James Hamilton II. He was not able to be with us on this episode, but we will hope to have him on real soon. All right, fellas, man, we got a lot to get in, Got a lot to get into. Y'all ready?
2: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, born that way.
1: <laughs> well, here we go. Let's get it then. So. Um the Last Dance and just in case you guys out there have been under a rock or so socially distanced that you don't know what The Last Dance is about that was the documentary uh that actually followed around the Chicago Bulls their last championship season 97-98 and it, it brought back some memories for me I hated that team but that's another story for another day um but I wanted to bring on the fellas and get their uh, get their thoughts on The Last Dance man Um, Corey, we're going to start with you. Do you think that this documentary unfairly depicted Horace Grant and his role with these championships?
0: 100%. Absolutely, yes, I do. I think he was unfairly depicted, man, and I'm going to tell you why. Number one, this is one of your teammates, man, that helped you with one of the three championships that you got. He won three championships with MJ. And if there are some differences or if you feel like there is some stuff not right between you and teammates, that's stuff you're supposed to handle as a human one-on-one between each other, man. You're not supposed to put that stuff out on national TV and put them on front street like that. That's violating the G-code to me, man. That's, that's, that's the sanctity of the locker room. You don't, you don't do that.
1: And what I found most interesting about that was when Horace Grant came out and said that uh, he was not able to uh, get anything to eat if they had a bad game or if he had a bad game or whatnot. I just found that to be a little bit out of control. I know, you know, we all know the the extent of which Michael Jordan and his competitive spirit and where he took him and all of that. But that's just that's just obscene for that to take place especially for two men that are grown men. Um, and I just thought that that was uh, I thought that was very unfair and you know I got some other thoughts about the last days. before I before we get into that anymore. Um, quest step up to the microphone, big homie. Um, question for you if Michael Jordan would not have retired after the 93 championship series on a scale of one to ten, with 10 being the greatest prob- probability? How many, or do you think they actually would have won, or put on the scale, the amount, uh, if, they, if you think they would have won, won eight championships in a row instead of the six in eight
2: years? I know what I'm about to say is probably going to sound a little bit crazy to a lot of people, but you got to understand how hard it is to continue to make it that far in the finals, playing all, all those playoff games year after year. Your body, you know, you got to deal with a shorter rest time. And I'm just going to go ahead and just say, I, probability, I'd probably say a two. Like, I think that's probably impossible. Like, I mean, the most was someone won was three. And I mean, it was Jordan. And I think the Lakers a long time ago. Like, uh, it's, it's almost impossible for you to continue to win championships over and over again just because of the toll that it puts on your body. Like, you know, these, these are amazing top-flight athletes that we're dealing with. But, I mean, only man I know that probably can do that year after year after year is Jesus.
1: Ain't no probably to it, man. Jesus can do what he wants. He's undefeated. Yeah, he he can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, and and whenever he wants to do it. But, you know, I tend to agree with you, and people seem to have the idea that, especially back then, um, I don't know how the generation now that is in the the sphere of watching LeBron James does everything that he does, but when Michael Jordan – was at his peak when he was at his, his airness. Uh, he, I, I, I could see that team and just how it was constructed and the way that Phil Jackson led those guys. And the only thing that I, I think that could have stopped them, because Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler was not going to stop. Uh, Jordan and Pippen and, and, and Rodman. And, 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 and then they won two championships in a row. The Knicks weren't going to stop them because they had been killing the Knicks up until that point anyway. But the only thing that I could say that would have stopped them would have been some sort of injury. And then, you know, I wanted to ask you all about this too, man. I didn't put this on the script. Corey, tell me about what you think how Scottie Pippen and the fact that his contract was uh was really peanuts in comparison to what other people were making with his skill set and for the contributions that he gave to that team at that time. You know, he was like the the seventh highest paid player on that squad and he signed the contract. So I you know, and he got mad about it and then of course he didn't have the surgery until the summer. He tried to back the he tried to back the bulls into a corner and, and really create leverage that he didn't have. What you, what are your what are your thoughts about that, Corey?
0: Man, as far as that, I kinda it is his fault because at the end of the day, he is the one that has to sign the contract. He agreed to it. But I can also see where he's coming from. You know, growing up where he was raised, poor, all them kids, um, handicapped, dad handicapped. He just wanted money, man. He wanted to help his family as much as he could. It's, it's about to grind and being able to get his, his family out. So he wasn't thinking long-term he was thinking right then and the now this is gonna help my family and help me do what i need to do but in the long term they should have stepped up and gave him more money man like being the the seventh highest paid player on that team and you the second producer the back to robin to to jordan
2: no man come on you gotta do better than that
1: quest your thoughts on that
2: uh, for me, I I, I think about it in terms of being an athlete. Like you know what your worth is, you know what your abilities is, you know what you can do. Like um, during that era, Scotty Pippen, he's probably one of the top five players in the NBA during that time and at that time you got to understand your work and what you can do for the Bulls team and what you can also do for the other teams in the league and I think that was a time where he should have took a chance and bet it on himself I understand completely what Corey's saying where you know you got a handicapped father a handicapped brother you know you just want the money right now but if you were to just say hey I'm, I'm, I know my work I'm going to sit this one out or I'm just going to wait to the next contract and just see what I can get I feel like you know Scottie Pippen' career could have been a lot different, and maybe his money financial situation could have been a lot better, because he definitely deserved a lot more than what he had.
1: Yeah, and and you talk about taking a chance and gambling on yourself. That sounds a little bit familiar for us out here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with uh, the quarterback for quote-unquote America's team. We're going to get into that in the third segment, so y'all make sure y'all stay tuned to that. Once again, I got and Huff on the line with me as well as Corey Ellison, courtesy of the BGC Sports Fork Talk Eatery sports hotline Where the food is hashtag Forking Delicious And we are chopping it up about the last dance And uh, we got about six minutes left to go Or five and a half minutes left to go In this first segment So we're going to round out the segment Continuing to, la- to talk about the last dance um, And here's my, here's my question to both y'all And I'm going to let Quest handle this one first After watching the last dance Would you say That Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player, not ever, but that you've ever seen. And there's a difference between the two.
2: Uh, for me, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree. And the reason why I disagree is because, I mean, once once you actually watch the documentary, you you start to see what all Jordan had. Like, he had a whole team behind him, like, far as he had a great coaching staff, he had great teammates, and he had a great front office. His GM, I mean, run executive of the year, I'm not sure how many times, but I know he won it a couple of different times. He had Phil Jackson, who's arguably the greatest basketball coach of all time. He has uh, what some people consider one of the best basketball players Scottie Pippen, the greatest rebound in all time, and, and Dennis Rodman, you had great supporting cast. and a lot of people forget how good Ron Harper was at the beginning of his career before he actually got injured. This is a guy that was averaging twenty plus points a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, and those people that are just role players for you. And you 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 on top of that, you you add a person that is great as the scorer, as Michael Jordan was. I mean, to me, I see it players that's in the game today that I that I really like. I mean I, I figure everybody know where I'm going with this. I, I like LeBron James. I, I see what he do with the small supporting cast that he do and I, I know what he can do. But with that being said, I do I would say I do think Jordan was maybe the greatest scorer of all time.
1: All right, Corey, because I know you got <laughs> I know you got something to say about that. We got three minutes left to go or, or four minutes left to go in this first segment. So the floor is yours, my brother.
0: And before I get into that, there's something else I want to say. You know, Jordan called out Horace Grant and called him a snitch. Honestly, to me, Jordan was a snitch going on the last dance, talking about his teammates going into their room and seeing them uh, snort coke and smoking <laughs> weed and having all type of women in the room. No, that's a snitch, brother. That's a snitch.
1: Okay, but, okay, okay. Get back did, to the question at hand, please. <laughs> but, but as far as Jordan, uh. I do feel
0: he is, man. And the reason I say that, man, is this brother just had a different attitude. Um, He found a way to take everything personal against his opponents. No matter how big or small it was, he going to find something to propel himself in them games. Uh, Never lost. I mean, never lost, man. There's a lot. And in that time of playing... You went in there and you got beat up, man. You you getting clothesline, and he never shied away from that. He never feared that. In the game's biggest moments, he took over, like like you say, LeBron. I love LeBron, but to me, LeBron kind of takes a back seat in the big moments sometimes, and that's the difference. The mentality to me, to me, the most comparable player to Jordan to me is it was Kobe. They had the same mentality, man. They, they coming out to kill you. Whatever little edge they got to find to get you, that's what they going to do. So, yes, I do agree he is.
1: Yeah, and I I I, I, I I I can make the argument for either one. And due to the fact that I phrased the question, and I think people need to understand that being the greatest player that you've ever seen, yeah. But as opposed to the greatest player of all time, I talked yep. about this on my on, on a couple of shows ago. I can't say that John Havlicek was the best point guard that I've ever nope. that ever because I've never saw him play. Didn't see I can't say that Bill Russell was the greatest now I know he I, I can see his resume and I see what his accolades are but for me it's the eye test as I'm sure it is for everybody else that's, that's a true NBA sports fan or a basketball fan in general. and what I say to that is I, I, I'm going to break the tie. I'm gonna break the tie, and I love LeBron. Don't get me wrong. I, I he to me he is more com- uh, closely compared to Mike or uh, Magic Johnson than rather than any other those other great players. And Magic has five rings, and he had and I understand he had Kareem, he had Worthy, he had Byron Scott, he had all those great players with him. LeBron James he single-handedly carried that Cleveland Cavs team in the 07 finals to the finals against the Spurs in which they got swept but Michael Jordan is just a this dude is just otherworldly and to me what makes him the greatest that I've ever seen is not so much what he did on the court But it's his killer instinct, like Corey said, the way that he, uh, the way he wanted to just kill you, you know, the way, because I remember, we got 20 seconds left to go in the segment, and I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I remember in the documentary where he said that he was being compared to Clyde Drexler, and he hated that, and why not? Clyde had a nickname, Jordan had a nickname. Jordan was 6'6", Clyde was 6'7". They both could jump out the gym, very athletic. So, with that that being said, I'm going to have to break the tie and say that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player that I have ever seen in my life. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the first segment here on the Shakeback Sports Show, right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Come on back on the other side of the break, man. We're going to get into some last pieces of the last dance, then we're going to talk some NFL. Right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network, Mark Weston Huff, Corey Ellison, Willie Epting Jr. And we welcome you back to the Shakeback Sports Show right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. To the dopest engineer on the planet. Big day. What's going on? Sports fans all around The Rock. What is happening? Got my brothers with me. Mark Questionhub, Corey and Fellas, what's up? What up? What's good? So we just talked about The Last Dance. Of course, the documentary that featured the Chicago Bulls. Really, Michael Jordan. But uh yeah, that was a resounding conversation. We're going to actually finish that up here uh, in the first part of this second segment, which is being brought to you by the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Now that the NFL Draft is over, we've just got to give it to you one more again. It's the overhyped, unofficial, and slightly censored 2020 NBA Draft Talk live from TJ's Catfish and Wings in Arlington, Texas, Thursday, 25th, June 25th. At 7pm Central Standard Time Join us for some excellent draft talk From the place where it all started from We will be live on Facebook once again And on the radio Just go to bgcsports.net for more information It is the overhyped Unofficial and slightly censored 2020 NBA Draft Talk Live from TJ's Catfish and Wings Streaming live on Facebook and on the radio And just like this network It is going to be lit Alright fellas so this us just wrap up the Last Dance um, Kind of final thoughts if you will uh, Corey give me in one minute or less Your overall feelings about the documentary The Chicago Bulls Those uh, six championships And more importantly Michael Jordan uh, As the player that he was
0: Man I loved The Last Dance um, I think that it gave us A lot of insight As far as Michael Jordan and his mentality And things behind the scene. I honestly wish it would have went longer than what it did. I was fiending for more, want more. Um, like I said, man, it, it was just it was just special to see that stuff. I'm glad that he decided to um, share that with sports fans and especially during this pandemic, man, with no sports going on and us just being hungry for something out there and him allowing us to come out at this time. I just think it was special man and like I said I wish we would have had more than what we had
1: yeah I, I agree with, with a lot of those points I'll get to that here in just a second Quest your final thoughts on the last dance
2: Um, I mean I thought it was great I I couldn't ask for more like I'm like Corey I wanted to see more and more about it I wish they had some about the you know the earlier championships but for me like it showed how great Jordan truly was you know like how good of a basketball player he was but more importantly it it, it showed what it takes to be great like he didn't let up on anybody he he pressured the, the 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 front office he pressured the coaches like he wanted to win and you know you gotta have that hunger and drive to be a champion, and he had that. And I loved, I loved the way they uh, they broke off the stories and they talked about some of the other players, like the the segment they had about Dennis Rodman and what they had about Steve Kerr, what they had about Scottie Pippen. Like I think that was amazing. Like even the, the part about uh, Phil Jackson, no one knew about him, you know being infatuated with native americans like that's that's very interesting stuff for, for me but it, it, they did an amazing job the way they did and I'm, I'm with you like during the pandemic you couldn't ask for a better time to have it you actually got to sit down and really lock into it and learn a lot about the game of basketball and you know one of the greatest players of all time which was amazing
1: yeah and and i agree with those points as well um what i like most about it is seeing him get knocked on his behind again by my detroit pistons in that um that 88-89 season, or that 88-89 oh, championship season, you know, the first time we went back-to-back. Back, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing that again, but I said this on the show last week. I said that after watching the documentary, I have a newfound respect. I shouldn't say a newfound respect. I can actually say that I respected Michael George's game, and I would have never admitted that back then when I was a fan of the Pistons because... When he got, when they got beat down in the series before in '80, I thought I want to say it was '88, '87, '88. That's when the Pistons played the Lakers um, in the first uh, uh, of the uh, NBA Finals, and he came back like the next day and started working, lifting weights, all that other stuff. So, to me, that is a true testament of a person knowing what their weaknesses are and then immediately addressing it. So I, I found that to be pretty cool. Um, And then with the pandemic you guys are right. I think this thing was originally scheduled to air in June. Did y'all know that? Yeah Yeah, 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 it was originally scheduled scheduled to air in June so uh, you know Props to ESPN, man, for recognizing that people are getting tired of watching the 2007 uh, Fiesta Bowl between Oklahoma and Boise State. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on, man, further in the show. We got about, oh, we got 13 minutes left to go in the segment, man. So time kind of flies when you're having fun. But we got to keep going with this NBA talk. And you're hearing different things every day about the possibility of the game returning. Um, I heard a report on Thursday that there's a good chance that when it does come back, and notice I said when and not if, that when it does come back, there's going to be two venues that are going to probably be hosting the games. And that's Las Vegas and Orlando, which I think is kind of hilarious that there's no NBA team in Las Vegas. So why are you going there? But, you know, they're still thinking about the money behind it, I'm sure. So I actually posted a, a, a poll on Twitter at shakeback sports um last week and it actually it basically asked three questions and i want to get y'all's input on it should the season be canceled or should it be one week's worth of regular season games and then start the playoffs or then should it go straight to the playoffs when play finally does resume quest what you think about those scenarios
2: uh, I want to go with B. I like I like B because you know the one week should give people a chance, you know, to get their jump shot jump shot back right. You know, get some 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 conditioning going, get the running up and, up and down the court. You know, basketball is not like some of these sports. It's a games or, or rhythms and and runs. And I think that that one week of the regular season play allows the people to get their legs up on them and you know get their jump shots back right.
1: Yeah, and and the. The thing is that they're gonna have they're gonna have to have some semblance of a training camp because I know Giannis Antetokounmpo hadn't picked up a basketball, Jason Tatum, uh, Jason Tatum hadn't picked up a basketball in in several weeks. They may have done so since I first heard that, which was maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, but those guys, man, and and now you see uh, the facility starting to open back up for individual training. I know the guy or the uh, player from Orlando. I can't think of his name. Uh, but he was out there working out by himself. Corey, what are your thoughts on it? If it was, if the, if the NBA was to shut, should they shut down the season, uh, one week's worth of regular season games, and then the playoffs, or go straight to the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I would have to agree with uh, Marquez. I and mean, I think uh, B is the right answer. Uh, I definitely don't think that they should shut the season down. Uh, these players have, you know, worked their butts off. They grind in the off season. Uh, they had preseason. They played the amount of games that they played, and then just to go and just cancel it, I don't think that's the right answer. Yes, there should be precautions taken. Uh, yes, uh, there should be guidelines in place to make sure that that people are um, healthy and um, that there's no, you know, spread or threat of a spread for additional virus. Uh, but but like you said, man, you got to give these players time to. To get their bodies back reacting to the way they move and cut and jump uh, not doing that I think there will be a significant amount of injuries that if you don't and the last thing we want to see is somebody tear their ACL or or tear their um, Achilles or, or anything like that so so yeah I definitely think it should come back I definitely think they need a week or two to to, to get their body back right and then let's get to the playoffs man give, give the people what they want
1: yeah and that would actually put the ser- or the season going into the end of July which we of course have never seen that before um that would be an interesting dynamic to the season with that itself uh and I agree with both you guys I think one week's worth of regular season games uh and then go to the playoffs like both of y'all said it'll give uh, give the players an opportunity to to get back in the game shape somewhat and hopefully prevent injury I know that the the biggest sticking point behind the entire thing coming back will be something to the effect of how are we going to uh, make sure that the, the that the virus is not among us and if it is what are we going to do at that point? Are we going to qu- have to quarantine that player? Are we going to have to quarantine the whole team? So there's still a lot of logistical issues that I think they, they're, they're still working on. Um, unlike in baseball where they're going to be arguing about the money, make sure you tune into the hashtag Brothers of Baseball Show right here on the Big Game Christmas Pills Network with your boy Willie Epstein Jr. Monday through Friday, 12s and 6s. So, yeah, I, um, I, I definitely agree with you guys both. And, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I think it would be a waste uh, if they didn't try something. And I think they, they yeah. know that it would be a waste. And that's why they're uh, hammering out so many details to try to get that thing in place. All right. So, so since we all agreed that number two should happen, which is the w- one week's worth of regular season games and the end of the playoffs, we know that the Lakers... Uh, as of their last game, which they beat, they beat the Clippers at home, but really on the road, but not, but at home too, since they share the same arena, and they had beat the Bucks that that same weekend. So they were they're still the number one seed out west. The Milwaukee Bucks, number one seed out east. If I said to you, Quest, you gotta put down an uncomfortable amount of money that matters to you. Who is, still, who is your favorite coming out of
2: the East? And the reason why I'm going to say this, I really I really don't even want to say it, but it's, it's the Bucks. And the reason why I say that, because, you know, their star player, you know, he's going to show up. He's going to be in, in shape. He's going to be ready to play. My other pick would be the Philadelphia 76ers. But the reason why I can't say that, because, you know, Joel Embiid, he has a problem. He has a problem with staying in shape. He, he's be he be overweight. He got he's injury prone, so that's why I gotta say the Bucks.
1: Uh, wait a minute. So you're saying either the Bucks or the Sixers, <laughs> or you're saying the Bucks is your number one, but you got you got a little hope for the Sixers.
2: I'm saying this if they play all through the season and the season never the COVID 19 virus never happened. I would say the 76ers. Oh, man. Uh, boo!
1: No, but you <laughs> know what, though? I can feel that because I actually picked the... Uh, I almost said 49ers. I almost picked the 76ers. Actually, I did pick the 76ers to go to the finals against the Lakers at the beginning of the season, um, and I thought Joey l was going to have a, a monster year. And, you know, for whatever reason, or we know the reasons, uh, it hasn't panned out the way that he thought. Okay, so what about the West?
2: Uh, Lakers. Uh, and the reason why I say that because the only competition I feel that was going to be real competition for the Lakers was the Clippers. But in the playoffs, it's a different basketball game. And when it comes to size and rebounding and their physical play, I just don't think the Clippers can match up. I mean, you're going to have to deal with Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. I, I'm not understanding where you're going to get your rebounds and you know your, your inside presence for them. The, uh, the Clippers' best big man is Montreal's Har- Harold. And I I mean, at some point, like you gonna have to get some production from someone else on the inside.
1: Yeah, and and the Clippers, what they do have an advantage to me over the Lakers is is that they are yes. they are a complete team, way more complete team than the Lakers, and they got dogs on defense over there with with Beverly and Paul George is a, is a dog himself on defense, and uh, with the with the with Sweet Lou coming off the bench. You know, it's just it's crazy over there, um, Corey. So you you have the same you have the same scenario, the same dilemma. I got something on. I want you to put an uncomfortable amount of money on the table and tell me who the favorite is coming out of the East.
0: Simple man, That's the Bucks. Plain and simple. No, no questions
1: asked to me. He, he he said plain and simple. Quest. Uh, no, no. You don't even. We don't even need an explanation. But I'm gonna actually get, both both actually but yes the clip I mean the bucks the bucks okay but I'm gonna tell you the reason why I think you need an explanation yeah the bucks were playing at a high level some of the best team defense that we've probably seen since those Celtics uh back in oh eight oh nine in that in that era they're probably playing some of the best team defense since then but this layoff how is it going to affect their legs because playing defense takes way more energy than playing on offense and they don't have the they don't have the greatest shooters in the world over there so they're gonna have to really lock down to me on defense for it to be now i'm not saying i I don't, I don't i don't disagree with you i actually do agree with you that i think it's the bucks but i think it's a little bit uh i think it's a little bit closer than what people may think all right so out west who you got out west
0: it's the Lakers, man. Um, I really want to go with the Clippers, but I just feel like him bringing in Anthony Davis, man, is, is going to make a real difference. Uh, the only thing that kind of sways me towards the Clippers is that bench. I mean, bench play plays a huge role when it comes to the playoffs. And if you got a deep bench that can produce, that that, that works wonders for your team, man. So I'm going to give it to the Lakers, but the Clippers is like my one eight
1: yeah and I, I agree with both you guys uh, but for the East for me I think you have to pay a little bit more attention to the defending world champions I think you have to give them that respect I see you shaking your head Huff and I don't care because I'm going to tell you why <laughs> they've got probably the most improved player in the league for the second straight year and, and he's showing that he could be the man without Kawhi Leonard being there They've got Kyle Lowry. He proved something last year. He proved that he could do it. They also have off the bench Fred VanVleet. They also have uh, your boy from Oklahoma City, Serge Ibaka, who, you know, he's still a bit of a force. But this is the thing that I want you to realize is that that coach has done one of the most amazing jobs as a coach that I've seen in a long time. And I'm talking about Nick Nurse. And if he doesn't win, if he doesn't win Coach of the Year, or if he's not heavily considered coach of the year i'm gonna scream conspiracy from the top of my lungs because uh, that guy up there has done a phenomenal job and they actually you know they may not be as deep as the bucks but they can give them some problems on that on the offensive end and in the west i'm with you guys as well man the lakers i mean i'm not saying that just because they're my favorite team but when you have that dynamic duo you got two superstars heading that that, that team with uh with davis and, and lebron and and Rondo uh, He's, he's look, when I, look When when the Lakers came here And played the Mavs Back in I want to say it was back in March I got two pictures of Ray, Rajon Rondo Brushing his hair <laughs> and, I, and I put them on Instagram and Twitter But That has nothing to do With whether or not Why I think they're going to Win the West The reason why I think They're going to win the West Is because uh, The supporting cast Is is doing their thing And LeBron James Is, off, is on a mission he's, he's, he's trying to get At least Two more championships He's got two more years On his deal In Los Angeles So I agree with both you guys But in the East A little bit more slim margin Than you guys have In the West We all agree with So we got about a minute And 15 seconds left to go In the second segment uh, Got my boys with me Marquest and Huff Corey Ellison Courtesy of The BGC Sports Fork Talk Eatery Sports Hotline Where the food is Hashtag Forking Delicious If you haven't had any Fork Talk Man, you ain't lived. I'm telling you now. I know the cook personally. Um, but yeah, so we, let's wrap it up by saying, uh, give me, give me this. Your top three MVP choice, MVP choices uh, in the NBA. Uh, should the season end, uh, or whenever the season comes back and in, who's your top three MVP candidates? 45 seconds left to go in the segment.
2: Quest, go ahead. Giannis, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Corey.
0: Giannis, LeBron, and you know I got to give my boy some
1: love. Luca Dodgers dog. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he deserves it. He deserves to be in that talk because we're – and primarily he's doing what he's doing without the consistent play uh, or high-level play from Kristaps Porzingis. So I agree with both you guys there on all three of those choices. Come on back on the other side of the break. We're going to talk some NFL on the Shakeback Sports Show right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Mark Questenhub, Corey Ellison, the dopest engineer in the game, Big Dave, Willie Epstein Jr. Y'all come on back on the other side of the break and i And we welcome you back to the Shakeback Sports Show right here on the Big Game Christian Sports Network to the dopest engineer on the planet big day man holding it down appreciate all your work that you do behind the scenes got my boys with me mark question huff Corey ellison we chopped it up about all things sports uh last segment we talked about um, <laughs> the nba season finished up on the last dance Corey, what's going on man you good
0: what's good my brother
1: yes glad to be here quest what's going on man you all right over there I'm doing amazing, happy to be here Alright man, before we go any further In this final segment Of this show It is being brought to you by Fork Talk Fork Talk Eatery In case you haven't had a home cooked meal In a long time Looking for ribs, chicken, and all the fixings? Well, Fork Talk has got it. They will have your mouth smacking and your fork talking. Give them a call at 469-358-5241 or go to their Instagram page at Fork Fork Talk 3000 (laughs) or Facebook Fork Talk and place your order today. Fork Talk Eatery. It is hashtag forking delicious. And speaking of uh, Fork Talk, uh, these guys are actually joining me on... The BGC Sports Fork Talk Eatery Sports Hotline Where the food is Hashtag Fork It Delicious Alright so Again in the second segment We kind of talked about The NBA season And the rumblings That are going on With the season Re-beginning And uh, we're all in agreement That that they should put in a plan As far as the play goes With uh, maybe one week Of regular season games And then go straight To the playoffs We were all in agreement With that And we also talked about Our MVP candidates We all had Well Corey had Luka Doncic And uh, Giannis and LeBron. Quest had LeBron and uh, who'd you have Quest again? LeBron, Giannis and who else?
0: Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis.
1: And I also had uh, you know I only gave two but I gave love to Luka Doncic because that kid is amazing what he's been doing with the mask this year so we're going to move into the further part or the uh, final part of the show and we're going to talk some NFL and uh, I mentioned it in the earlier segment or the first segment about uh when Quest said about um, betting on yourself and it sounds weirdly familiar to what's going on in Dallas. Well, there's a there's a report maybe unconfirmed, but yet the talk is still out there so you got to think there got it's got a little it's got it's, it's going to have a little bit of legs to it and that is uh Dallas Cowboy quarterback Dakota Rain Prescott. You might know him as Dak. Was uh, offered a hundred and seventy five million dollar deal for five years. Uh they made it clear that they being Dax Cap has made it clear that they only want a four-year deal. Corey, these are your boys. You know what? I'm gonna come back to you. I'm gonna say the best for last, because these are your boys and I want you to be objective if you can. Quest as a player that has played in this league, who has the most leverage? The Cowboys or
2: Dak? And Dak's situation and the, the moves the Cowboys made, like it's sad to say because I'm really a Dak fan. I like him. But the Cowboys really have the most leverage. And I say that because, I mean, the Cowboys are at their best when they're running the football and they let Dak be a game manager, not a game superhero. When you get Zig going, you get him going downhill, you give him maybe... Upwards of twenty-five carries a game, or just twenty-five touches in general, like that's when the Cowboys are at their best. Well, I think they struggle more when they let Dak throw the ball around too much. And, you know, he, he throw the ball forty times and he having these three hundred and fifty plus yard games, I think they struggle more that way. And um for me, if if I if I was Jerry Jones I, f- I feel like Andy Dalton. Like he- he's not a slouch. He's not a scrub. He's he's won games. He he's seen the playoffs several times. He hasn't won any games in the playoffs, but he's he's been there with a lesser team with-, with less weapons. And I feel like he's more than capable of carrying the team into the playoffs and maybe doing some even greater things with more weapons and more of a reliable running game.
1: Yeah, and and I'm I'm glad you mentioned uh, Andy Dalton in that in that scenario because. Um, I think he is definitely not a slouch by any stretch of the imagination, and there's a reason why they brought that kid in, uh, Corey. Who has the most leverage, Dak or Dallas, or Dallas or Dak? Uh,
0: I would say Dallas does, and the reason I well, I'll say before the signing of Andy Dalton, I would have said Dak did, but just as both of y'all said, man, Andy Dalton is not a, a, slouch, a slouch at all. And he's a professional. He's been in the league. He's, he knows what he's doing. But he's never really had a tremendous team or tremendous players around him. Maybe he's had one or two. But to have an offensive line and a, and a running back and receivers like Dallas does, he's never had that. So, at this point, man, I think they've made a significant offer to Dak. I think it's an offer that's um, well-deserved. I think he does need to be paid, That I think he's shown over these years, especially being a fourth-round pick, he's worked his way up, and he's progress- progressively got better every year. No, he hasn't won the playoff games that, that everybody wants him to win, but people say let him go. Okay, you let him go. Who you going to bring in? Yeah, you have Andy Dalton for a year, and then what happens after that? You can't just go out and find a quarterback. I mean... So honestly I think I think the Cowboys have the upper hand at this point and I just think I know it's going to get done man I think what the the what they had so July 15th or something like that yeah, get a deal done that's that's it's going to get done
1: Yeah that's the deadline, yeah, that's the deadline that you have to sign players under the franchise tag if you do not sign them by that date then you cannot negotiate a longer term deal during the season so yeah
0: Yeah I think it's going to get done man and and just looking at how the draft fell and what the Cowboys did, they just gave him more weapons, man. And you tell me one quarterback in the league that wouldn't want what the Cowboys have? Who wouldn't want to get behind that that center and 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 be the quarterback of his team? Man, it's just too many weapons out there, too much talent for him to not take a deal and and. And, and sit out and, and miss out on opportunity.
1: Yeah, and should he sign the tender, the franchise tag tender, he's going to make $31 million and some change, and the highest paid quarterback in the league right now is Russell Wilson Russell from Seattle, Wilson. and I actually saw a report on Thursday, fellas, that the Chiefs have started <laughs> talking about re- or negotiating an extension for Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not saying that the Patrick Mahomes deal is gonna get done before Dak's deal does, because he's already been he's already been granted his fifth year option. So as 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 Dak has too, but No no actually Dak didn't have the fifth year well I I can't remember the terms of that exactly, but what I'm getting at is that if 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 Mahomes signs this deal during the offseason and before July fifteenth and Dak hasn't had a deal in place at that time. He's going to play under the franchise tag. He is going to play under the franchise tag, and, and I would hesitate to even really think that it would be a firm probability that Dak would even be the Cowboys' quarterback next year if it gets that deep and that ugly. Because we all know Patrick Mahomes is going to command about forty-five million a year, at least in my book.
2: What do you think, Quest? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's an unbelievable talent. And to me, if I'm the owner of that team, I say, "Hey man, here's a blank check. You tell me what you want." Because <laughs> what well, what he's done with that franchise, like, granted, they do have a lot of weapons, but that team does not go if Patrick Mahomes is not there. Like what he does, like he he's a magician. And I mean, it's just as a defensive back, I wouldn't want to play against a a quarterback with that type of on talent because no matter how good your coverage is, no matter like what what blitzes you send in your defensive scheme his his ability to, to improvise and make big plays is incredible and the weapons that he had you can't guard them for long for too long because someone is going to get beat you deep and it's and it's just how it is
1: so you have kareem or not kareem hunt you have clyde edwards to who they just drafted from lsu running back you have the best tight end in the game in travis kelsey you have one of the fastest wire receipt. You have one of the fastest anything, period, on planet Earth, in Tyreek Hill, and Hardman on the other side has blazing speed as well. Um, as a the fan, more, say, yeah, you got Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, who they they actually upped him again this year as well. He took a bit of a pay cut, but that's understandable. But as a as a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I hate them I hate the Chiefs
2: <laughs> you should I hate you them be-
1: <laughs> um, but as I said I believe he's gonna command that amount of money or more of course I wanted to ask you a question I had this on the on the list the, uh, the hashtag shakedown list you are the only one of us out of me and Corey that has you know had to deal with these kind of contract negotiations in the nfl and wherever else kind of take us a a little bit behind the curtain somewhat and just kind of explain to the folks out there that may not know a a little bit how this process works and then you'll be educating me for sure in the
2: process i mean really communication is usually between you know for me you know i wouldn't know Dak prescott or no one like that and um when I signed my deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, as you know, my agent, I, they brought me in. They looked at me. I did my physical, and it was between them and the Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas just wanted me on, you know, a normal four-year player deal. But what the Chiefs did, they they brought me in. They liked what they saw, and they gave me a lot of incentives. They gave me incentive for a roster bonus. They gave me incentive to come work out. And, and you know, it's really a, just a, a lot of back and forth stuff. You know, it's if you don't want this, then you tell them, "Hey, I don't want to be have to come to the workouts." If they want you to be at the workouts to build team camaraderie, they will put this in there where if you be at your workout, you have this escalator and things like that. And a lot of people do a lot of the uh, performance. Uh, incentives which if I make a pro bowl I get an extra million dollars or if I'm first team all pro I get an extra 3 million dollars which all that is really cool but really as a player what it's all boiled down to is the guaranteed money I don't care if if you give me a contract for 5 years 95 million if I only got 40 million guaranteed then I don't want that deal like I'd rather take a, a deal for three years worth $35 million and 30 guaranteed or or 25 guaranteed or some something of, of that nature, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it, it does make sense. Uh, Corey, do, what, what do you think about what Quest just said? Is that how you thought it worked out, or did you think it was a little bit more strenuous than that or what?
0: No, I, I pretty much thought that's how it worked out, man. I know a lot of um, players uh, do take incentive-type deals. Uh, such as um, Andy Dalton I know he has incentives in his contract uh, Alden Smith who just got reinstated has a lot of incentives in his contract I think he can make up to three or four million dollars on his contract but there's certain parameters that, that that he has to hit in order to get that yeah, a, lot get, get <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them he's not going to get drunk a lot of them he's not going to make Yeah. Uh, so I agree with him man I'd rather take the short term deal and make more money than the long term deal that with you getting a ninety five million dollar contract, but only forty million is guaranteed for all them all them years. You you wasting time and you wasting money. So I, I would have to agree with that.
2: And and on, on top of that, with once your guarantee money runs out, you just. I mean, you're sacrificing any time. If you can have an amazing year, but uh, we see these guys want to make a move in franchise, they can just cut you just just because, oh, we got to pay this amount of money. It might have not have anything to do with your play. So that's that's why, you know, you see a lot of guys going back into it with uh, what's your guarantee money. And that also may be another reason why Dak might not sign, sign that deal yet. Maybe the guarantee money isn't right. I mean, I really I got to look at the figures and just really find out all the details about it because that could be a, a major factor on why he hasn't got that done that deal done yet.
1: Man, that's good stuff, man. Um, we got about a minute and a half left to go in the show. Uh, I want to take a couple of minutes to shout out uh, my nephew, but he's really not my nephew. I'm talking about Safety or actually defensive back Jonathan McGill from Coppell High School. I covered him all throughout high school. He's now at Stanford doing big things with the Cardinal in the Pac-12. And he was actually awarded freshman of the year uh, for uh, for the Stanford football team, the Cardinal. And there was an an amazing read about him and how he's handling the adjustments with the COVID-19 and being able to be or having to be at home To do school and all of that, so he basically just kind of outlined his day and what he has to do. He has class during the day. He has three workouts that he has to do, Um, and it's all virtual. So I'm sure they're they're finding a way where they have to check in with that. But I just wanted to show him some love, man. I I, want to get him get him and his parents on the podcast uh, real soon, Uh, but we'll see how that goes, man. So we got about 40 seconds left to go, man. I'm gonna get some final thoughts from each of y'all about this uh, inaugural broadcast with us three Corey, go ahead man man i just want to
0: say man i'm so happy and so excited man that you uh, decided to bring me on um
1: quickly 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 quickly.
0: just seeing your growth man uh, over the years like i said 20 years man you've come a long way
2: brother and i'm proud of you and i'm proud to be a part of it i appreciate it quest real quick go ahead man real quick i'm just I'm just blessed to be a part of, you know, like we talked in the barbershop. You told me about it, and it's something that i just been grateful to be a part of, and I'm glad you brought me aboard. Thank you so much. All right, that's
1: going to wrap it up for this episode of the Shakeback Sports Show. For Big Day, the dope is in the game. Marquess and Huff, Corey Ellison, Willie Eftene Jr., my big homie, Donald Ware from Press Box to Press Roll is up next. Y'all love each other, take care of each other, hug each other. We out. We'll holler at y'all again real soon. Peace.